The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. The WWE family is saddened by the passing of Hall of Famer Rocky Johnson. Johnson debuted in 1964, making an instant impact with his Herculean physique and unparalleled athleticism. His popularity would skyrocket upon joining the WWE in 1982, electrifying audiences as the Soul Man. Look at this Rocky Johnson! Oh, is he exciting or is he? Rocky and Tony Atlas went on to form the Soul Patrol, and the two made history in 1983 when they became the first ever African-American tag team champions. In 1970, Johnson married Ada Mayavia, daughter of the legendary High Chief Peter Mayavia. Rocky and Ada would go on to have a son, Dwayne. Rocky would train his son in the world of sports entertainment, and upon his debut in WWE, Dwayne adapted the persona Rocky Mayavia as a tribute to his family's legacy. Rocky Johnson's career would come full circle in 2008 as his son inducted him into the WWE Hall of Fame. My dad was a hero to me. He was larger than life. Legendary matches I witnessed as a kid. He was able to cross all lines and become one of the most dynamic and formidable performers of his time. It is my great honor to welcome my dad, Rocky Johnson. I would like to be remembered for paving the road for all athletes, no matter race, color, or creed. A true entertainer and trailblazer, soul man Rocky Johnson's legacy will be celebrated for generations. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network. 
presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, and now in association with IndiePW.com. We are sponsored by CollarNubble.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. And in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all of your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. To listen to our podcast, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all those other podcasters out there. As always, I'm Big Joe, and this week, actually for the next couple weeks, we are going to be minus my usual co-host, Mr. Carl Carefell, because that lucky bastard is on the Jericho Cruise. So I have found a very, very good replacement for him this week here. We have host of Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, the owner, the runner of the network, the host of Hitting the uh, hitting the Playoffs, HTM Sports, the, the Monday Locker Room, the list goes on and on. He has lots going on every week. Welcome back, Mr. Michael Jericho. Welcome, sir. You know, I was going to introduce myself as Carl Carofel. Oh, geez. And well, people, I think you know, by this point, they know the difference. Yeah, that that that's probably true. Um, I am very upset with Carl, though, oh. uh, because once again, here I am. I, I make my way all the way to Canada mm-hmm. to to do a guest spot on Turnbuckle Talk, and he doesn't have the decency to show up. He always has some <laughs> kind of an excuse. Yes. But this time, mm-hmm. this time. He has committed the most egregious sin of all. Oh, not up? only, not only is he on a boat mm-hmm. with my best friend Chris Jericho. <laughs> he sent me Canada's weather. It's like <laughs> twenty below Celsius here. We figured up before we started talking. Yeah. You know, if Carl wants to go where it's nice and warm. I'm cool with that, yeah. but you didn't have to send me your crappy Canadian weather. <laughs> right? Uh, a little bit of it's come my way, too. Up until this point, I've essentially had kind of green grass still going in the backyard. When I actually had to break out the snowblower this morning before we started recording to kind of uh, make it so that we can get out later. So, Yeah, right now my computer is telling me that it's negative zero degrees. Jesus. Like, I don't know if that's better than positive zero degrees, <laughs> but just so. the fact that my computer even feels negatively about right. this weather just kind of sums things up oh boy well to kind of kick things off here uh jerry of course uh, you heard in our intro that uh we lost a pretty significant person in the uh, professional wrestling business and i mean in despite what you hear in uh, that kind of clip there again you and i were talking before the recording these kind of things are very very uh centered like anybody who passes away that was under the ww umbrella at some point it's very done very much from that perspective of of just blocking everything out, living inside that kind of bubble that we always uh, talk about. Um, Mr. Rocky Johnson. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, he did so much more than what's kind of said in this. And I mean, and to boot, like I said, when we're, before we hit the old record button, he was born in Canada. So another uh, pride of Canada here. Th- this dude was very, very influential in the business uh, and not just uh, the sperm donor for Mr. Uh, the Rock. Um. It's interesting because while what is getting all of the airplay right now is his World Wrestling Federation run from 1982 to 1985, of course, himself and Tony Atlas defeating the Wild Samoans to become the first African-American WWF tag team champions. What I find even more fascinating about Rocky Johnson, and you have to put yourself into a 1970s American kind of context yeah. to be an African American babyface, yeah. who is challenging the likes of Terry Funk, 
and Harley Race for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship as an African-American babyface. Big deal. Big deal. Facing off with Jerry Lawler in Memphis in the 70s as an African-American babyface. I mean, to me, that is a much grander accomplishment than anything that he did inside of the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and even outside of professional wrestling, you know, this guy basically escaped kind of all the crap kind of going on in the States and moved up to to Toronto uh, here in Canada. I mean, at some point he even uh, had aspirations of being a boxer and inspired with people like Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. So, I mean, uh, his influence goes outside of professional wrestling and, um, I mean, to be trained by the legendary Peter Maivia, I mean, when you go into that whole area, I mean, that is somebody who is also larger in life. And that's a big thing with him, too, is that we're hearkening back to that era of that larger-than-life persona in wrestling. That's something that is very so... It's very missing from our current uh, landscape, especially in WWE, those larger-than-life personas that we we go, ooh and ah, you know, we can never be like, whereas, like, everybody, you know, you guys mentioned this, we mentioned this, that everybody's, it's like we, we see these guys and like, oh, I could be like him and, and whatnot. So, yeah, it uh, he was very much that larger than life presence. And, uh, yeah, he will, he will definitely be missed. Yes, without the genetic gifts that were given to Rocky Johnson, right. you could not look like Rocky Johnson. No, I mean, you can't. especially not inside of that time period. That whole soul man thing mm. was, was pretty damn accurate. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is going very, very understated was his time after his retirement. Mm-hmm. Not only did he train The Rock, he was actually hired to be the lead trainer at OVW mm-hmm. at one point. Um, they, they had a lot of faith in Rocky Johnson and in his teachings. And most of the talents that we saw, and especially The Rock, yep. I mean, it's hard to to discount his influence inside of the professional wrestling world, even after his retirement. Yeah, that's a big deal, you know, especially you can transcend all that. And, uh, I mean, at that time, he was probably very influential in the training of a lot of other people. So, and even at uh, right around that time, I think he had a, he got back into the boxing a little bit and uh, fought Mabel. Yeah. <laughs> Knocked him out, match. man. And, he, just, uh, he's, yeah. he played beat Mabel. That was in 2003. Yeah, man. So, yeah, very very cool stuff. He had a very legendary career. And um, if you haven't seen any of his work, do yourself a favor and find some way to, uh, if you have the WWE Network or wherever you can find recordings of his matches, do yourself a favor. And really, I would say definitely go and watch a lot of that, uh, the NWA stuff if you can find it. Uh, Some fantastic stuff, especially if you can find uh, the stuff with him, uh, Terry Funk, and Harley Race. That stuff is fantastic. And there is a lot of The Rock mm-hmm. that you will see. Like, The Rock oh, yeah. actually adopted a lot more of Rocky Johnson's yeah. stuff than what people realize. Absolutely. Well, going from the fantastic career that Mr. Rocky Johnson had to something not so fantastic recently, we are talking about Impact Wrestling Jergo. Um, the biggest, how I can kind of word this, I know you don't want to talk about this, but we're going to, is that for me, when I describe how this company currently is, and you may or may not agree with me, it feels like every positive step that they do take forward immediately, as soon as they possibly can, they, they take two steps back. That's whether it be by chance or by choice, either, or it, yeah. it, it's so perplexing. It's this company for some of the cool things that they do do. It's like essentially like right after those things happen, it's let's see how we can screw it up. It's almost like 
the ECW counterculture too when you're talking with Impact fans because they are convinced that Impact Wrestling is the best wrestling show on television and you can't convince them otherwise, (laughs) even though when you look at statistics and and reported viewership, Mm -hmm. they are so far behind when we talk about even NXT, AEW, uh, New Japan, uh, Ring of Honor is reaching a whole lot more than what Impact Wrestling is at this point. And we all know that Ring of Honor has kind of been circling the drain for most of 2019. Mm -hmm. And yet, here is Impact Wrestling, the cockroach of the professional wrestling world that just refuses to die. And now, recently, with the Supercard happening with the Ring of Honor, they seemingly have patched this kind of deal with uh, with New Japan. And, I mean, you just see the list of people there and uh, this possible kind of stuff with AEW, too. Uh, Impact, I mean, just they're on the verge. I wouldn't say on the verge. They're being lost in the shuffle here. And with all this negativity going around, you know, with the RVD stuff, with this Tessa Blanchard BS, which I am uh, just ad nauseum. I'm just sick and tired of, of hearing about it. I'm, uh, I don't, don't really want to talk about that part of it. it just it, it's... When you think impact wrestling, it's hard to think of anything positive at this point. It really, really is. Yeah, no, I agree. And now this BS with Twitch. I mean, (laughs) especially since they're on a regular basis, do you guys not know what it is that you can and cannot do on that platform? I will defend impact wrestling. Oh boy. I didn't expect this, but go ahead. Do you remember when the WWF on Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. had Brian Pillman and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Absolutely. And Absolutely, yep. This is kind of in the same vein sure. for me. Yep. I don't have a problem with the content, nope. all right? But I do feel like sometimes to establish where the line is that you cannot cross, you yep. have to cross that line. Sure. Just to establish this is the line that we cannot cross. And Impact has tried this on several occasions and gotten away with it, whether it be the the supposed super hardcore kind of stuff, whether it be the sexual innuendo stuff, whether (laughs) it be intergender stuff. They've pushed that envelope as far as they can. They finally found the line. So now we judge them off going forward, not looking back. To take that even outside of professional wrestling, that's uh, probably one of the better ways to kind of look at this is look at stand-up comedians. I mean, when you go in on stage, I mean, you wrote, the, you, you nailed it, Jergo. You don't know that line until you kind of cross over it. And some guys go well over that line and then have to backpedal, or some will embrace that going over the line or somewhere in between. I mean, and not everybody's the same. But, I mean, even for myself, when it came to, when I was doing a lot of kind of stuff on social media, when it came to wrestling, and at, at one point, well, you probably remember this, when I had uh, kind of made the suggestion that this whole Roman Reigns cancer thing may have been a work. And, I mean, I had, and I normally don't swear in this podcast, but I had so many people that were shitting down my throat on that one, just like, oh, how dare you? I'm like, dude, it's just a suggestion for a fictional professional wrestling storyline, and everybody was just, like, uh, attacking me. And, yeah, so that, right there, I mean, I found my line, and, yeah, I crossed over it. But, uh, yeah. hey, like you said, we don't know it. you cross over the line. My larger issue, and Impact is doing this a lot, regardless of the content of what was done during this segment, yep. this segment did not de- 
develop the character anymore. Mm-hmm. It didn't get Rob Van Dam any more over than he already was. Just TNA, man. TNA. And it also isn't promoting a fight that I want to see. Yep. So why is it on a professional wrestling show? <laughs> hey. I mean, that's that's literally those three things. I mean, every segment should have those three things. You're either yep. developing a character, you're getting somebody over, or you're making me want to see a fight. This had none of those. See, one thing that I'm thinking of, too, is I'm looking at the platform itself with, with Twitch, especially. When you look at um, video game streaming, and especially when you look at your female video game streamers out there, I mean, they are the, the master, more or less, of having that camera just placed in the right position to get the proper camera angle to really draw in your uh, horny, heterosexual video game fan out there and... Maybe that's what they were thinking. You know, maybe, hey, we'll, we'll kind of go with some of this and not realizing eh, we pushed a little too far. And, yeah, do you know, do you know how long this ban is for? Because I haven't been able to find the information out. I'm not sure. I'm guessing it's just a 30-day thing. I would imagine. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I'd... Uh... I mean, I mean, I'm sure that they'll, they'll kind of bounce back. You had worded it perfectly. It feels like they're like this cockroach in the in the professional wrestling business. And I mean, I've numerous, even on this podcast, I've said, you know, they're going to be done within the year. And they, they just, they keep, it's like that one turd in the toilet that just refuses to be flushed down. And oh, is that a Tessa Blanchard reference? No, absolutely not. That just, I, that, I it, mean, I hear you can get that on our Patreon. Oh, <laughs> uh, those kind of things. It, it's, oh man, it, it's, you're just, you're capitalizing. I, I, I've never been a fan of the, you know, that crowdfunding for the wrong reasons. That's well, a whole I mean, other discussion this, we can have. This is have. actually a story that came out where she like recorded her talking all sexy to this one freaking Mark who had paid for this on her Patreon. Yeah. The audio's out there. You can find it. Yeah. Huckleberry's listened to it a couple of times. He, I'm sure he can tell you all about it while you guys are talking about sex robots on HTM Tech. Hey, even even uh, Skype didn't like on that when we started talking about that. Um, it, uh, I don't know, was Skype censoring us on that? We're basically you're talking about that she recorded herself on the toilet and put that out for people to watch. No, no, no. It's not to watch. It's to listen to. <laughs> Somebody had re- oh, actually requested this through her Patreon. Yeah. And so she actually went and she put it out there so you can listen to Tessa Blanchard taking a crap. And then she's talking all sexy to you while she does it. And, you know, this is the thing. And there's a lot of independent women's wrestlers that have these Patreons where they're putting out like these super racy photos and stuff. Photos I get. I don't. Yeah. Because if you if you can't do it on television, if people are going to be outraged by it on yeah. television, if this is all about women's empowerment, yeah. and then you have a Patreon where you're putting this kind of shit out, yeah, come on. I mean, I mean, like the literally, literal, yeah. literal defecation. What I, what I meant when when I, when I get the pictures, I mean just like the regular kind of you know like the bikini shots and stuff like that. But yeah, pictures of somebody taking a deuce. I mean, I can't speak for every every person out there, but I mean that does nothing for me uh, whatsoever. And I I'm, I know that there is a, probably a small portion of the audience out there that might get some enjoyment out of that, but oh boy, I mean just yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, these I, people exist. I have no words, man. I have no words. Um, 
Okay, well, I think that's enough on that. Let, let's let's go to I'd say to something more positive, but I I don't think that this is going to be here, man. But uh, I know you guys have talked about this on the Hitting the Marks uh, Processing Podcast this week, but I figured that we touch on it as well. The like your co-host Rick, Royal Rumble is one of my favorite, or has been for I mean years. I mean the uh, the Royal Rumble style match, that Battle Royal style match. I, I love that. I love the surprises going into this this year. I mean, my expectations are lower than they ever have been. This has typically been one of my favorite shows year to year. And, yeah, I know I'm behind on the programming. I usually don't watch a lot of Raw or SmackDown. Um, from what I'm seeing on this and the, under- and the other matches, I mean, this is going to be a long, really strange, boring show from what I'm seeing. Well, number one, I don't need seven professional wrestling matches on a show right? that is going to have two right? Royal Rumbles. Man. I mean, that that above everything else, I, you, you already know this show is going to be too long. Yeah. Number two, the, two of those seven matches are going to be gimmick matches because we're going right. to have a strap match between Daniel Bryan and The Fiend, which seems like a way to get the Universal Championship off of The Fiend without him actually having to take a pin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're also going to have Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin in a Falls Count Anywhere match in a baseball stadium. That would make zero sense to me. I am so over Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. This is this looks like a like a Monday Night Raw card when I look at the other than the Rumble matches. That's how I'm kind of seeing this. This doesn't feel like one of the big four shows of the year at all. Yeah, Shorty no. G versus Sheamus. Are you kidding me? Right. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it, it's just not good. As far as the Rumble matches themselves go, yeah. at this point, as of January 19th, yeah. here are the list of confirmed entrants for the Men's Royal Rumble match. All right. You have Brock Lesnar, who will enter at number one. Before you continue on that list, I want to get your take on that, because we definitely mentioned this. What, what, what do you think of him being the current champion and being involved in this match? I think they're going to set up both WrestleMania matches inside of this show. Okay. I, I think the the man that is going to eliminate Brock Lesnar will challenge yeah. Brock Lesnar. Okay. And the man that wins the Royal Rumble is yeah. going to challenge Daniel Bryan for the Universal Championship. Okay. Because how I had kind of pitched that was I had a feeling that maybe he just might run rough shot through the whole field and then like some surprise 31st person would come out to – to challenge him at WrestleMania or something. That's how I'd kind of thought. But, I mean, yeah, I could see your um, your angle possibly happening. Well, let's run through it. Here's the list of names, all right? Yep. AJ Styles, Eric Rowan, Randy Orton, mm. Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, yep. Otis, Tucker, Rusev, Bobby Lashley, Aleister Black, Buddy Murphy, Kane Velasquez, Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yep. That's the list of those that are announced. Oh, yeah, and Roman Reigns, who at this point is my pick to win the 2020 Royal Rumble. Wow. I, I don't even know where to even go with this. I mean, just it's – so we have, what, tw- we have 11 uh, spots still open. Any chance in hell that we see that one or two – guys that just come out of nowhere that we're not expecting like new to the to the company do you, do you think that's going to happen at all that we even get one or two of of this at all this year because i'm thinking that we don't who's out there right 
I mean, who, who could you possibly bring in yep. that you're going to get a big pop for right now? Marty's off the table. Um, Cage is off the Cage table. Cage is off the table. Other than that, nobody off the top of my head. So. I mean, that's that's one of the side effects of AEW, right? Yeah. Yep. Because, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of guys on that roster that you would love it to be. Mm-hmm. But when you have two major league promotions that are running simultaneously, you, you kind of get limited there. What about some loose people from Ring of Honor? Because with this whole thing is that I know I, I've been somebody that that's been kind of mentioning is I really think that there's some kind of communication between WWE and Ring of Honor with this Alex Shelley thing. I mean, he was literally at that Ring of Honor show while he was under contract with WWE as a trainer at the Performance Center. Right. Um, who on the Ring of Honor roster would you pop for? Jeff Cobb. Okay, how many people would have any idea who Jeff Cobb is? That's the catch, man. That's the catch. The people who are in the bubble like us would go, yeah. Everybody else would be like, they'd be the reaction of the Butcher and Blade that they got in AEW. Who are you? Yeah. Who are, are you? you? <laughs> right? Oh, I'm, yeah, that, that's definitely a catch. I mean, who on that ROH roster could, outside of Marty, could come and really kind of go, like where we, we kind of get that AJ Styles moment, right? Um, there's not one. The only yeah. one on that roster Marty. that anybody is going to pop for is going to be Bully. Bully, yeah. Or Mar- like, I really think that Marty could get a pop, but I mean, I really don't see that happening. It, no one off in that, especially now that he's got the book and everything over there. That that's right. I think is definitely off the table. Bully could be a cool one. Um, and you had mentioned this too, man. Bully Ray in 2020. I, I didn't think it was going to be as cool as it is. I mean, that guy is. He's amazing. Him, him, and MJF. I mean, just the, their their goal these days. But we'll we'll get to MJF later. So, um, as far as yeah. like legends go, you're running out of those names too. Yeah. Um, the the names that are kind of being rumored that are out there that are even eligible are going to be CM Punk. Obviously, is going to be the top of everybody's list. Yeah. Followed by John Cena, Cena. Hulk Hogan, the Boogeyman, yep. Shawn Michaels, and Edge. Mm-hmm. Most of these I have no desire to see. Um, John Cena, CM Punk, those are the only two that I even want to see out of this list. I'm right there with you. I think Cena, I think, is a definite possibility. Uh, Hogan, I, I I can't really talk about him without, uh, I'm going to have to put in a lot of bleeps in this episode if I'm going to talk about Hogan being in the Rumble, so I'm, just, I'm not going to even mention it. Uh, Boogeyman is a very uh, outside possibility. Um, Punk is uh, obviously the big one. I would, I would, I, I think that that would uh, be probably pop of the year. I would rank right near, right near the top. I, just, I think it, for, with that, it's just a matter of does he want to go or not, and that is impossible to tell at this point. And then the other two, I have no desire to see. Yep. Shawn Michaels no. and Edge. Sean's already on my shit list, for lack of a better term. I'll just say it. When he came back to do that... Blood money. That when he came back to do Blood Money or Crown Jewel, where you want to word it, I lost a lot of respect for him because he always said that he had been that he, that he was done and he wasn't going to come back to do anything. And just the fact that he came back for the money... I mean, even, even, even Carl, who is as big of a Shawn Michaels fan as you can get, was really disappointed by that. So I, I hope not. I hope not. And Edge... I just don't want to see him do it for his own sake. For his, just for his own health. Yeah. I mean, that's not an injury that you can screw around with. The, the way that he hurt himself, 
I mean, that could very easily uh, come back to haunt him. What, just to come back for just a little bit of a pop? I mean, it's one of those cases where I think, dude, you did enough. That do you, do you really need to have that one kind of more moment that, that could potentially go wrong and then could tarnish your legacy? Just don't do it. That's my take anyways. Yep. Okay. Yep, completely agreed. As <laughs> so, far as the women's rumble goes, uh, uh, here yeah. are the list of names that okay. are confirmed for the women's rumble match. Okay. Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, and Sarah Logan. That's it. Huh? I'm looking at the list too. Um, so what the hell are we going to do with the other 26? <laughs> yeah. And we're a week away. And does it even matter? Because Shayna Baszler is going to win the Women's Royal Rumble. Oh, like, yes. This feels like a foregone conclusion to me. My favorite woman professional wrestler, Shayna Baszler. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see it. Just, I mean, to throw this many people in at the seemingly the last minute here. I mean, it, it's all going to mainly be NXT women, I would think, right? And if you watch NXT on a week-to-week basis, this week on NXT, they had a killer women's battle royal. They did, yeah. That, that is going to outdo anything that they do at the Royal Rumble. Like, yeah. that, as yeah. far as a battle royal goes, I thought that was about as close to a perfectly booked match as you could get. I'll have to go check that one out. Could they just rehash that with more people for this? I mean... I guess. I mean, it's basically the same match, except you're bringing them in in yeah. intervals instead of all at once, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. My expectations are, like I said, we're at the top of this thing here that, you know, this has gone from being one of my favorite events of the year to where it's one where, oh, man, I, I don't even know if I want to sit down and watch the whole thing. Because, I mean, if we're going to have seven total things, I mean, and this is subject to change and they haven't put any pre-show stuff on this yet. I mean, time-wise, just when you do the math, we're looking at six... It's going to be a six-hour show. Six, seven, eight hours, potentially. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I'm not going to be able to, to watch this whole thing, I don't think. Uh, I might wait until this all kind of happens, and then I might just watch the two Rumble matches, to be honest with you. I, I have no desire to see any of the undercard matches, honestly. The only one that, that's really intriguing is, are they going to let Daniel Bryan take that title heading into Mania season? Because yeah. Bray Wyatt, as WWE Universal Champion, is awful. And yeah, nobody will convince me otherwise. It's um, awful. I agree with you. It, it, it leads to the, the whole problem that you know we've all been kind of talking about, is you have this guy that should be probably the top heel in the company, and everybody cheers him. Yep. Yep. Um, so my predictions is it's going to be Shayna Baszler and Roman Reigns. And I am going to go with a dark horse to eliminate Brock Lesnar okay. from the Royal Rumble. And his name is Matt Riddle. Ooh. See, that would be smart. That would be smart. Matt Riddle versus Brock Lesnar. Take my money. That would be amazing. The bro versus the... The beast. There you go. That'd be a good way to build it. I, I, I could, uh, I could get definitely get on board with that. Okay. And Matt Riddle's been talking about retiring Brock Lesnar for years. 
It, and, it just makes sense. And you have yeah. all this crossover appeal too with both guys spending time in UFC and especially with, you know, this interest with Conor McGregor back um, in UFC, there's that kind of rejuvenate interest in that. So they could, they could piggyback off of all that too. So you have a tremendous amount of cross appeal for WrestleMania, which is usually what they go for. So, Hey, I say go for it. Yep. Absolutely. I'm definitely on board for that. All right, man, before we, we're going to do something a little bit different this week. Uh, for our Showstopper segment, we're going to actually kind of look back on some of my kind of favorites that, uh, that, that Carl and I have done and kind of discuss them with Jargo here. Before we do that, though, let's do our Match of the Week segment here, Jargo. And oh, since you're the guest, I'll kind of let you go first. What was your favorite professional wrestling match of this past week? Conor McGregor squashing Cowboy last night. <laughs> I mean, that professional was Professional wrestling cool- match, sir. Dude, that was the most pro wrestling thing (laughs) I have seen this week. I mean, he took him out in 40 seconds. He's a smack-talking fool. This is all setting up the Masvidal versus Conor McGregor feud. Like, you can see it coming. This was – do you watch – did you watch UFC 246 last night? I did not. I'm going to have to check it out now that you've heard you talk about it. It was the most pro wrestling thing I have seen all week. Earlier on in the show, you get a promo from uh, George Masvidal just talking (laughs) mad smack about Conor McGregor. After the fight, you know, they're cutting to, you know, Masvidal standing there with the BMF championship over his (laughs) shoulder and McGregor's talking smack after taking Cowboy out in 40 seconds. It was the most pro wrestling thing I've seen this week. Wow. Man, I can't disagree with you. Uh, just hearing you talk about it. I mean, I've been kind of out of the MMA scene for quite a while. I used to be a very diehard follower of it. And then since some of them have kind of crossed over into, into professional wrestling, it kind of soured me on the whole thing. But uh, but hearing you talk about it, I mean, I might have to go check this out again and maybe start watching again. I am the most casual of UFC fans. But you yeah. put Conor McGregor on television. He's money, man. He's and money. I'm going to watch it. Absolutely. For me, match of the week comes from AEW, and this was actually one that I was kind of looking forward to. And I, I, for me, I when you talk to the actual wrestling match, it maybe wasn't the best, but for me, I think they did the most business, and I had the most fun with this one. And this was the match with QT Marshall, Dallas versus the, uh, the Butcher and the Blade and MJF. I mean... This was a relatively short match. I mean, it was it was it wasn't a short. It was maybe it went maybe a little bit longer than it should. But they did some really interesting stuff. And I mean, anything with MJF and just the stuff that he's doing for me that just it, it won me over, man. He in a day in in a time period where heels have a hard time getting that proper reaction from the crowd. I mean, he knocks it out of the park, man. He had that shirt on saying that he banged Dallas's daughter. I mean, that stuff is gold these days. He is a national treasure. That that guy. I do enjoy Man. me some NJF. Um, I was not a fan of the match, See, actually. I, yeah. um, and my issue was um, purely the length of the match. I'm trying to see if I can find out here. Uh, I, I feel on that one, but I think they they made up for that for the, the business that they did during the match, though. Um, my only thing is I feel like it should have been MJF over much stronger. Uh, I definitely agree with that part of that. Yeah, they, that, that was my issue. Yep, maybe they just they, – maybe they were – Worried about maybe crossing some sort of line. You never know, right? I mean, they could have even gone as far as actually having Dallas's daughter in the crowd or something. You could have really played that up. But I mean, hey, this is national television. Maybe they were maybe trying to tread a little carefully there. Who knows? Who knows? 
Yeah, I mean, and that's just one of those things with AEW, too, where it seems like they're giving, like, I I firmly believe that that women's tag match on that show is an early nominee for the worst match of the year. Is there anybody that we can point our finger in that match, or is it just, is it everybody dropping the ball, or is it the way it was booked? Uh, Whoever the producer was, I'm pointing the finger at them. Could this be, too, with uh, with Brandy kind of being part-time? Could that be uh, part of the problem there, too? Well, Brandy is not very good. No, she's um, never. And, and, been. and Brandy is not improving either. No. Um, but I mean, even like Hikaru Shida looked off in that match. Chris Statlander looked off in that match. Yep. Uh, Mel is supposed to be actually pretty good. I've yet to see her be that way in a professional wrestling match. But I've I've heard people talk about her from her independent work, mm-hmm. and people seem to like her. I just haven't seen it yet. But that that whole match just seemed incredibly disconnected to me. It was way too long, and you're you're asking these girls to go out there and do stuff that they just they can't do it. No, I agree with you. That's you, you kind of hit on something there that I've suggested even with Carl on this show, is that even just outside of this company, I mean, just in general, I think especially in WWE, you know, they've done all of these firsts in women's wrestling so quick and so close together is I think that they're just, they're asking too much. And especially when you get somebody, I think a really good example, of this would be Kari Sane. I mean, she's this tiny little Asian girl and she can go, but I mean, you're asking this girl to do like hardcore, you know, big high spots and stuff like that. And she's just not built for that kind of stuff. And it's, it's nothing against women in professional wrestling. I know they can do a lot, but I mean, for me, like just like physicality wise, it's just they can't do everything that the man can do, and I think it just sometimes they they just ask too much. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't disagree. And I know that there's you know, people that are going to disagree with me and say I'm mis- like I'm a, I don't know what whatever how they want to word it, but just that uh, I, I think that as cool as women's wrestling is, I just I think there's times where they just, they go too far, like these hell in a cell and t- stuff like that. I just I mean it's too much. It's too much. And it. It brings up this whole other conversation. I I was having with a a friend of mine uh, who runs a a group on Facebook called Pro Wrestling Talk Now and Then, Mm -hmm. if anybody wants to look it up. Um, And there is a a post there from one of the admins, and he has a post that has all of the women's talent inside of NXT. And it is just amazing how deep that NXT women's roster is. Safe to say I think they have the best women's division in the sport right now. I, I completely agree. The yeah. problem is inside of NXT, you get one, maybe two storylines, and that's it. Yeah. And yet when I look at the main roster, they still have people like Dana Brooke yeah. and Liv Morgan and Lana and Sonya Deville mm-hmm. and Mandy Rose and Natalia and all this talent that nobody gives a damn about. Yep. Why are we not featuring a lot of this women's talent in NXT on the red and blue? I'll never understand. Like why Candice LeRae is in NXT (laughs) and Lana is on the main roster. I will never understand outside of she makes Vince McMahon hard. I think you hit you. You answered your own question there, my friend. I mean, but if, if that's the standard for this company, 
then why it, do I want to watch it? It clearly is, though. You just I have, know. You just have to look at it. I mean, you look at the, the Lona, and then and they made Mandy Rose into a lesbian. Like it, it, this is this is all this is, this is there's so many behind the scenes here that just that, that likes hot women, and it, it's it's gotta be Vince. And it's just awful. Yep. And, and and don't get me wrong, I get the appeal of that, but I mean, they're just then the wrestling is just out the window. This is all just TNA, and let's just go for shock value at this point. By comparison, on NXT this week, inside yep. of that women's battle royal, as as people started getting cleared out inside of this women's battle royal, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And standing in the middle of the ring is Shayna Baszler yep. and Mercedes Martinez. That's, yeah. And yep. that place comes unglued because yep. they knew what they were about to see. And mm-hmm. it did not disappoint in yep. any way, shape, or form. You could give me those two on Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown for the next four months. Sure. And chances are I'm not going to get sick of it because they're fantastic. Especially uh, Mercedes. I mean, uh, we had mentioned on, I think it was last week or the week before. I mean, you, you just look at her resume and stuff that she's done. I mean, it's hard to find some, find somebody better. And then, you know, we get the stuff like, I mean, like as much as they've been pushing this women's revolution and how amazing all this stuff is. And then to do the stuff with Lana and Mandy Rose, I mean, just you're, you're just trying to sabotage yourself by doing that kind of stuff. It's, uh, it just, it feels like we're slowly transitioning back towards the bra and panty, uh, the pillow fight matches, the chocolate cake matches and the, the pillow fight in bed matches and stuff. And I mean, as kind of titillating as that can be. I mean, it just said professional wrestling. It just it's we're going to be taking a huge step backwards again. And if Vince is going to be around for much longer, I, I can see it happening. And I just hope that it doesn't. Well, and it's not even just the WWE. I mean, I think this goes back to the RVD conversation we were having earlier as well. TNA or Impact. I, I want to keep calling them TNA. I don't understand why. How ironic is it that Impact got banned for TNA? <laughs> eh. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Hilarious. All right, man. Let's take our, our break here. We're going to come back with our super special Showstopper segment. We're going to look back at five of uh, uh, the ones I've handpicked that I wanted to talk to Jargo about. So we're going to take a brief break and we'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Caller Neville. Visit CallerNevilleBrand.com where you can get an additional 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, including this week's featured item, the Mirror Pullover Hoodie. All right, guys, Big Joe and Jargo back here on Turnbuckle Talk. All right, man, before we get to our Showstopper segment, we're going to handpick five that I want to kind of talk to about. A couple things before we get to that. Uh, later on today, I'm actually going to be recording uh, HTM Tech with Mike and your uh, partner in crime, Mr. Vic, Rick Vickery. I, I always want to say his name, Vic Rickery, for some reason. Um, and we're going to talk about, in our final bite segment, about sex robots. And uh, looking forward to that one. And we're also going, I'm also going to make sure and t- talk about the Cincinnati chili thing. And just between you, uh, you and me, Jargo, that's not chili. That is pasta sauce. Just saying. Yeah. You know, I, I have come to the conclusion after doing extensive research on this topic yeah. um, that it, you're right. It's not real chili. It's, it's, it's only chili to the people of Cincinnati outside of the greater Ohio area. Yeah. Nobody considers that chili. 
You don't put chocolate sauce in chili, folks. Just saying. Yeah. Chocolate sauce and cinnamon and allspice and yeah. all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff. Uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up, too, and you might uh, get a chuckle of this one. I was actually looking at possibly building a segment around this thing, but uh, I kind of decided not to. But just one thing uh, that, because I kind of watch professional wrestling on social media, kind of, I keep it at arm's distance now. I try not to interact with the Mark Tards out there. But I, just, I saw something out there that just, I mean, my head almost kind of exploded when I saw us. And you see people kind of debating. And I literally saw somebody say that if not everyone likes something, then it absolutely, it, 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 it sucks, right? They have this opinion that, that if everybody doesn't like something that it just sucks and to me that just it didn't make sense i'm like well if that's the case you know then there's probably we probably have like a suckage level of like 95 percent of things out there because not everybody is going to agree that something is good and just it's something that just it never it just i I almost wanted to write a column but i didn't because it was just too friggin' stupid man just too stupid so i'm trying to think of something that doesn't suck by that definition and um, right. the only thing I can come up with is Betty White. <laughs> Dude, uh, she is one of those things. I mean, just forget just in comedy or TV, I mean, just universally and everything. She is somebody that just, I mean, she's like damn near 100 right now. I mean, she's still funny. And she, she just turned 98 a in- couple of days ago. Incredible. Betty White is awesome. Uh, I don't think there's anybody out there that would say, I don't like Betty White. She's universal. Yeah. She's universal. Right. And so the, by using that as the definition... Yep. Betty White is the only thing in the world that doesn't suck. So that would mean that we have a 99.9% level of suckage worldwide. Yeah. I mean, can you think of anything else that doesn't suck by that definition? Nope. I mean, because like, I want to say like boobies, right? They definitely don't suck. They they definitely don't suck. But, you know, then we we have to consider, you know, the homosexual population of the world (laughs) and they don't like boobies. So by that definition... Boobies suck. 99.9% level of suckage. I think we just named our episode. Okay. Everything but Betty White. Everything but Betty White. That might be good too. Um, okay. Let's get into the my five favorite showstopper segments that, uh, that I handpicked for us to talk about here. The first one is casual fans and non-fans and their perception of WWE, how it's potentially damaged the, the wrestling industry. And I think that we can definitely make this argument because when I talk to people that like I said here, just casual fans of people who are almost kind of non-fans at this point. When you just mention professional wrestling to them, they just assume that everything is WWE. There's, it, it's absolutely that perception out there. And when you mention these other companies, people like even AEW, which you know makes a lot of mainstream news, and people are so like, so is this just a so that's still at WWE, right? That, that's yeah. totally the perception out there. Yeah, unfortunately, um, and I don't know if there's any way to change that. Um, I'm not sure necessarily what the solution to that is because there is still probably two to three generations of people on this planet that when they think of professional wrestling, the first thing that they think of is Hulk Hogan. Mm Mm-hmm. And to even make some some tech references over to my other podcasts, I mean, when you a lot of people, when you mention video games, people universally use the term Nintendo. Whether you yep. have PlayStation or Xbox or whatever it is, well, you're playing Nintendo. Or uh, iPhones, we, we had uh, talked a topic on HTM Tech and even CNBC referring to all cell phones as iPhones. I mean, which I'm kind of okay with because I'm definitely an, I'm an iPhone user, I'm an Apple user with all my other stuff. But even yeah, just, there's those things that people just think when they think something, they they just restrict it to the that kind of one thing. And in professional wrestling, I mean, it very much is not the case. I mean, we uh, 
Oh, so I heard, and it's strange that WWE is the one because it's probably the one that kind of sucks the most, at least uh, you know, it, uh, in my perception. You know, and you have New Japan Pro Wrestling, we have all this other great stuff out there. Uh, I, th- I think that this portion of the audience is just totally oblivious to this going on, or they're, at least they're not aware that it's something completely outside of this. And I'm not sure that that's necessarily good or bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure that we're going to see the same thing happen mm-hmm. with the XFL. Yep. Um, if it's going to be successful at all, there's going to be a group of fans that are going to think that it's affiliated with the NFL. Absolutely. And it's one of those things where, yep, we have those people that think that way. And for me, the only solution I see to that problem, death. Once those people die, then the problem will go away. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> it, that's really the way that it, it kind of is. Yeah. You know? I mean, are, are you... I know you're an Apple person. I'm an Apple person. Do you get offended when somebody calls your Mac a PC or a laptop? Because it just infuriates (laughs) me. Yeah. It's a, are you using that? Well, the thing we have to keep in mind with that too, when you really get to the nitty gritty PC just means personal computer. And so I can, I can kind of get that, but I mean, yeah, when we get back to kind of when we start kind of getting into the heyday when the Mac kind of got rejuvenated, I know we're crossing into some tech talk here that, yeah, very much we made that distinction, okay, PC, and then we have Mac. There was there was that clear distinction. We had PC guy, and we had Mac guy. And, yeah, PC guy wasn't very good, and the, the Mac guy was the cool guy. Yeah, the, the worst part of my week at work is when I initially get right. in on Monday morning and realize <laughs> I have to use a Windows computer. Hey, we're going to be uh, talking a little bit about that on HTM Tech this week because just recently Microsoft has killed support for Windows 7, which is actually one of their more popular uh, platforms, and they have axed that essentially. So interesting to see on that, but uh, I digress on that. Uh, let's go to our next one here. What we want to see of the professional wrestling business in the year 2020. And what I want to see, uh, I will be very blunt in this one here, Jargo. What I want to see out of this is, I'm going to aim this specifically at WWE. I want Vince to concentrate on XFL, and I want him to step away from being involved in WWE whatsoever, other than being part owner. Just just walk away, dude. <laughs> I just want it to be good. Yep. You know, like, as much really, really good pro wrestling as we have had, over the course of the last three to four years, mm-hmm. there has been a lot of really, really bad professional wrestling too. There has been. Whether it be the undead realm and impact wrestling, whether it be oh. some of the questionable booking decisions that we have seen inside of AEW, mm-hmm. whether it be anything that we have seen on the red or blue, whether it be people just not being used or utilized inside of NXT, whether it be the fall of Ring of Honor, like you can go on and on and on. I just want it to be good. I want all of these companies to thrive. I want everybody to succeed. I want pro wrestling to be pro wrestling again. I want it to be the Attitude Era all yeah. over again. And I mean that in terms of popularity, not content. Exactly. The other one for me that I want to mention as well is regarding yes, has it been yeah and the other one that, that I want to bring up too is social media this doing business on social media and all of this stuff especially you know with this Tessa Blanchard uh, business and whatnot too much of the stuff is happening on social media and not happening on the programming and in the storylines as it should be 
I don't know what the solution for this is, but I mean, it's getting out of control and, and it's, I can't like point fingers specifically at people because it's, it's, it's becoming a growing problem. And I don't know, what's your thought? I mean, is there any way that we can kind of get this under control? Just shut up. <laughs> but people can't. And, um, I mean, and that's the problem. People can't shut up. Yep. If people would just shut up, all these problems would go away. You know, and, and I've just recently, and, and thankfully, like I kind of, like I said earlier, I kind of distanced myself away. You know, I still have a presence on Facebook. I still post our stuff on there, but I've really stepped back when it comes to commenting and getting involved with the marked cards and whatnot because, dude, quite frankly, it's a waste of time. Yeah, and my time could be better used elsewhere. But I mean, even a lot of this talent, like Kenny Omega, made a comment mm-hmm. about the no class fans. Right. And every pro wrestling dirt sheet on the face of the planet runs with this headline that Kenny Omega calls pro wrestling fans no class. And when you read the actual quote, he's talking about people that are commenting with stupid stuff like, well, Nyla's a guy. So (laughs) if that's what you have to contribute to the conversation, just shut up. Oh, no, I, I agree. And then people like what I used to do, just you can't resist commenting and uh, and trying to get your mind. You run into this uh, vicious cycle and this loop of where people will always say, oh, yeah, no, everybody has a right to opinion and whatnot until your opinion contradicts theirs. And then, you know, then, then they're giving their opinion. But then how it just you get caught in this vicious cycle of, well, Boo your opinion. No, boo your opinion. Boo your opinion. And it's just, it's, it, it it's, it, this is like grade five BS stuff, man. And, uh, it's, it's stupid. And I, I don't know. It's what I like to refer to as outrage addiction. It's people yep. are addicted yep. to being outraged. People are yep. addicted to responding yep. To these stupid comments that you're seeing on social media because it gives you a release of dopamine inside of your brain where you feel better about yourself after you hit the send button. Yep. Outrage addiction. It's a thing in 2020. Dopamine. And you know how you solve it? You just shut up. There we go. I can't have heard that better myself. Next one, and I know this one's right up out of your alley, and uh, you may or may not agree with me on this one, but and I've kind of talked with this uh, Carl recently. Will Wrestle Kingdom eventually replace WrestleMania as the marquee wrestling event of the year? And I think after Wrestle Kingdom this year, I think you could very much make that argument. I don't think that you can make that argument. Okay. Because I think that argument has already been said and done for at least two to three years. Like, Mm -hmm. Wrestle Kingdom already is the marquee professional wrestling event of the year. If you want to watch sports entertainment BS, then be sure to tune in to WrestleMania for eight hours of your life that you're never going to get back, that you hope you're awake for at the end of the card, that you, if you happen to be in attendance, you hope you can get out of New Jersey and get back to New York because the show is eight freaking hours long and now they're talking about extending it to two days just because new japan actually pulled it off but you know what the difference is new japan has the talent roster they have the booker and they have the storytelling to pull it off for two days you can't even pull off one show let alone two shows 
And, and just the perception and uh, the atmosphere from the fans says it all, too. When you look at, uh, even outside of New Japan, and you'd mentioned this on, I think it was on Hitting the Marks this week, just when you when you watch AEW on, on television and you see the crowd, they're, they're invested. They're reacting as they should be to what's kind of going on. And then when you look at... WWE weekly programming and even these big shows, you see people in 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 the in the in the in the, in the, in the crowd. Most times they even they pan the camera to some of these people and you see them, and they're just kind of sitting there. You see some people that like on their phones are almost kind of like disappointed to be there. When you look at New Japan or AEW or even some other promotions, you can tell that the, the, the crowd is into it. They're invested, and WWE, it's like people are there, like just going through the motions, or they're they're pissed off. It just it's the atmosphere is so different. <laughs> yeah, very very different. Um, I I just feel like I feel a lot like the NHL. Okay, mm-hmm. when it comes to Wrestle Kingdom, yep. one of the most boring things over the course of about six months of mm-hmm. my life is the NHL regular season. Mm, It's long. It's 82 games long. You get into the middle of the season where wins and losses don't even necessarily matter unless you're in that, you know, six to eight spot inside Mm. of the standings. But I tell you what, once playoff time comes, there is nothing better in the world than the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I will start watching every freaking playoff game that I possibly can because there's nothing better than the run to the cup, right? Oh, oh playoff hockey is amazing. And he, New Japan Pro Wrestling is very, very similar. It, it, where during the course of the year, it, it's kind of slow. So you see a few people that follow it pretty close like me, you know, that yeah. are super into it and we watch every show. We're watching every game. But once the G1 starts... Once the playoffs start, uh, then everybody is a New Japan Pro Wrestling right. fan, and everybody yeah. wants to watch the G1, and then it dies off just a little bit between the G1 and Wrestle Kingdom, but comes yeah. when it's when it's time for Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals, yep. all of a sudden there's 25 million hockey fans in the world, <laughs> and they all want to watch and see what in the hell's about to happen. And that's kind of how I feel with Wrestle Kingdom and the professional wrestling fan base, even in the West at this point. Like, there's a lot of people that'll tune into Wrestle Kingdom. They won't watch another New Japan show for the entire year, but they have to watch Wrestle Kingdom because they know this is the show of the year. I remember even just back briefly on hockey, like even by being back in high school, I mean, we'd be doing exams and whatnot, and the playoffs were still going on. I'm talking like mid, late June. And yeah, it was one of those things... I mean, obviously, we were still kind of having some, some wrestling discussion then and whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, playoff hockey, especially in Canada, I mean, it's huge. And even outside of the NHL, uh, the town I grew up in, Sault Ste. Marie in Ontario, we had the Sioux Greyhounds, where guys like Paul Coffey, Wayne Gretzky played and whatnot. And when we made the playoffs, man, and we win a game, like, the town would come alive. So, I mean, playoff hockey, I mean, just for people in the States, I know it's a big deal in here. It's even bigger here in Canada. We go bananas. Well, and it's the same thing with the NBA finals. It's the same thing with major league baseball. Once it gets to the world series, you know, how many millions of people tune in to watch the super bowl, even if it's the only football game that they watch all year. It's just that atmosphere. It's a, it's a big fight feel. And bring that full circle back to WrestleMania again, 
there just isn't that feel and that aura and that mystique around that event anymore. It doesn't feel like it's the culmination of everything that's building up over the year. And, and because now with these events, because this weird thing that Vince has in his mind that, well, people wait to the last second to, to buy and to subscribe that, well, we have to wait until just before to build. It's so asinine that that idea, I mean, dude, these WrestleMania builds used to last over the course of a year or even longer. And now we're just, we're just cramming this shit in like last minute. Oh, it's just, mm. and this year it's going to be really, really bad again. Yeah. It's going to be a three week build to WrestleMania. Well, Cause year. we're doing this blood money BS again, right? Well, we're <sighs> doing blood money five. And then just a couple of weeks after blood money five is the elimination chamber. And you know that they're going to have to swerve WrestleMania somehow with yeah. the elimination chamber. And then you have three weeks until yeah. WrestleMania. And three weeks is not enough time to build WrestleMania. And you're seeing it in the ticket sales. People yeah. just aren't nearly as interested as they used to be. And the other thing that's not helping is these Saudi shows. Yeah. I'm happy that they're getting paid all this money for these shows. But when you bill it as just as good or better than WrestleMania. That's right there. Yep. And when you have the return of Shawn Michaels, that should have happened at WrestleMania. Or just shouldn't have happened. But it didn't. It happened in Saudi Arabia. You start getting The Undertaker. Undertaker did two Saudi shows last year, but he wasn't at WrestleMania. Nope. And you start taking those things away from WrestleMania because you think that WrestleMania is this huge brand that doesn't need it anymore. It's going to sell out because it's WrestleMania. No. Yeah. That's not the case. It's not the case Go anymore. Look, you can get good tickets for WrestleMania right now. Yep. And they've been on sale since November. Yep. I made the prediction that I'm almost kind of a loss of words talking about WrestleMania. I, I predicted, I think it was either this past week or the week before on Turnbuckle Talk here. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to see a very legend heavy WrestleMania this year. I think we're going to be using Cena. We're going to be using Taker. We're going to be using a lot of these people. And I think that that's going to, I think that might be their attempt to try and draw people back in. But if they don't start doing it soon, they're just, they're, there's no investment. And the, the Saudi show just, it, it dilutes this whole build up towards it. I mean, they could use that to kind of springboard off of, but they, it, it's, it feels like that thing is kind of just, it's isolated to itself. It doesn't even tie into the storylines and whatnot. Just it's, it's this, it's it's like this weird kind of growth that's just happening. It's ugh, like it just oh man, I, I I don't even have the proper words to describe it. I, I I have never watched one of these Saudi shows. I've watched bits and matches, but I refuse to watch the entire show. I refuse to. I haven't watched it either. And when I look towards this year's WrestleMania, yeah, this is this is how I see the card. I don't know if I'm going to watch it this year, man. Honestly, I'm really debating it. It's going to depend on what the special attractions are going to be. Because as I look at this thing, I I think your main event is going to be Becky versus Shayna Baszler. I think it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. I can see that. I think it's going to be Matt Riddle versus Brock Lesnar. I hope so. I I hope so. But I'm I'm terrified it ends up being Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar. But I'm still on the Matt Riddle train. And the SmackDown Women's Championship has to be Sasha versus Bayley because there's just nobody else on SmackDown. Nope. So if those are my four big matches, you better be sure that you offset that (laughs) with like a a CM Punk versus Seth Rollins. You got to give me like a, a Undertaker versus 
I don't even know who I'd want to see Undertaker against. The Fiend, I guess. Yeah. You could do that. But it's going to have to be special attraction heavy. Because I don't want to see Aleister Black versus Buddy Murphy for the 814th time. Yeah, there's nothing else that they can do there, honestly, with that program. But uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be very spot heavy, very, very legend heavy. They're running out of legends. True, yeah. I mean, because we've went past the Attitude Era at this point, and you get into that Ruthless Aggression Era. It falls off real fast. And there's a lot of those guys that either suffered career habilitating injuries or just aren't with us anymore. Yep. I don't really have to see, man. Uh, My expectations are pretty low going into this. And, uh, yeah, the WrestleMania has definitely lost that... uh, that allure, that, uh, that mystique, it's, um, Wrestle Kingdom, especially after this one this year, man, they set the bar so high. I don't see anybody overtaking that. For me, I think it started with that AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura match. Mm -hmm. I think that was the beginning of this modern era of Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, even that supercar show that New Japan and ROH did at Madison Square Garden, even that outshines WrestleMania. And even that was a little dodgy in spots there. Even that was better than WrestleMania. Yeah. Okay. Going from uh, going from, from that to this one here, Jargo, this is a big question. I mean, that we've been having discussions with each other and with fans and stuff, I mean, for ages now. And I'm going to ask you, I don't think I've ever actually sat down and actually asked you this question. Is professional wrestling a sport? No, I, I would, I know my co-host would beg to differ. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle on this one. I think that there are definitely some sport aspects of it, but I think at the same time, it depends on which promotion, which company we're talking about. When it comes to WWE, I can't make the argument for it being sport like at all with new Japan. I can kind of almost see it a little bit. It, It really depends on what how we're, we're approaching this. Okay. Here's my, my differentiation. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that professional wrestlers are professional athletes. Absolutely. But I do not believe that professional wrestling is a professional sport. Mm-hmm. The very definition of a sport by Miriam Webster mm-hmm. is defined as an activity involving physical skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for Mm -hmm. entertainment. There is no competition inside of professional wrestling as far as what happens between the ropes during a wrestling match. By that definition, Mm -hmm. it is not a sport, although I consider the wrestlers themselves to be professional athletes. And this is a discussion that, especially when you have this, I know and this happened to me and I know it's definitely happened to you, when you have this kind of discussion with the, the casual fans or the non-fans out there, the dreaded four-letter F word comes up with this inevitably. And I'm not talking about, you know what, I am talking about fake. When you have this discussion with those casual people, that inevitably comes up. And it's one of those ones, it's one of those words that when it drops, I immediately kind of feel like then I have to kind of defend and switch into kind of defensive mode. 
of using the word predetermined and all that kind of stuff is what they're doing in their fake. I mean, I don't know if you ever have, I I've taken body slams from wrestlers and whatnot. Cause I've been friends with some kind of growing up and I've taken chops across the chest and I can vouch and say, none of that is fake. That, that ring is actually hard to hit. And, but are things predetermined to happen in the match? They have to be. It's just the nature of, of what it is. You have to kind of plan the stuff out just to be safe and whatnot, even though accidents do happen. But yeah, it, it's it's a tough conversation to have with the casual non-fan, whereas sitting here talking to you about it, I can have a rational conversation. But with anybody else who isn't inside, inside of our bubble, it's really hard to talk about because people have that F word in their mind. Well, this is typically my response to when I hear the F word. Yep. Okay, cool. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to grab that chair and I'm going to hit you in the head with it. Yeah. Don't worry. It won't hurt because you know it's coming. Yeah. And that's typically the beginning and the end of the conversation. Yeah. It's like I I, we watch a lot of New Japan and Mm. New Japan, especially when somebody wants to bust out that word. Just sit them down and have them watch, like, you know, Tomohiro Ishii versus Hiroki Goto. Yes. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Just like, yeah, okay. You you, you want to think that? All right. Yeah. Enjoy this matchup. Why don't you sit down and watch, uh, you know, Walter versus Tyler Bate? Yeah. Let me know how fake that is. Yeah. yeah and the other aspect that comes up, too, is uh, the ring. People think that this ring is like a trampoline. And uh, I don't know about you, uh, yourself, uh, um, but I can speak for myself. I've actually helped put together rings and it's um it's solid man i mean there, there's some give there obviously there needs to be but dude i, I I've, I've taken a body slam from one of my wrestler friends and uh not tuck my chin and had my head hit the hit the mat it hurts uh the ring is very very solid it, it's metal essentially uh usually i think they use um two or two and a half inch metal tubing that's the the main kind of metal structure of the ring and then you have Planks. You have sometimes, uh, sometimes they use hardwood planks, and they're usually a twelve by two to two and a half inch thick plank. And then you have about an inch, inch and three quarter, probably at the most padding on the top. And then you have the canvas on top, and that's that's a ring, folks. Um, it's it's pretty solid. <laughs> well, I mean, I I think that's one of the things that has kind of went away. I, d- I don't hear people talk about that nearly as much anymore. It still comes up and- with me. I would like to thank uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano yeah. for tearing apart the ring in Chicago. I would like to thank Kenny Omega and John Moxley for tearing mm. apart the ring at uh, Full Gear. And people can see just exactly what it is that we're dealing with here. It's yeah. Like you said, it's about one inch worth of foam padding yep. and then a whole bunch of wood and steel. Yep. Like, and if you really want to know what it feels like, just go to your local elementary school, yep. have them bust out the wrestling mats on the floor, yep. and just take a flat bat bunk on it. Yep. And, and let me know how great that feels. <laughs> and now imagine doing great. it for, you know, 25 minutes, 255 days a year. Yep. It's rough on your body. Okay. Last one that we want to talk about here, and I think that uh, with this one, I am definitely talking to the right person on this one because you're even more busy at the stuff than I am. Uh, oh, I mean, I, I do two shows uh, every week, and I, I find that I um, <laughs> don't have a whole lot of time for other stuff. The topic is the ups and downs of doing podcasts every week. This is something that, uh, like I said, I'm talking to the right person here because, I mean, you do a lot in this kind of stuff. This is, tell us about the the ups and downs of doing what you do every week. 
Um, well, you don't have a whole lot of time yeah. uh, to do much of anything else. Uh, that that's the, the biggest thing. Um, the, the other thing is there are certain things that are beyond your control. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, right now, uh, you, you're dealing with the frozen tundra that yes. is Iowa and <laughs> our internet lines yep. and we're having Skype issues and mm-hmm. there's certain things that you just, you can't control. I remember, um, I sat down to, uh, interview Eric Bischoff Yes, and he was sitting outside next to a barn in <laughs> Wyoming Yeah. And the wind was blowing at like 30 miles an hour. Yeah. And it's like, you, you can't control that. Nope. And, and what are you going to do? Ask Eric Bischoff to reschedule? You know, like, <laughs> right. who are you? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's but, one of those things where the, the way I kind of look at it, I mean, it's something that you got to have a, like a, a passion for, for, for the subject material, the subject matter and, and the other aspects of it. Cause I know, especially you and I, you know, we do a lot of the, for our respective podcasts, we do a lot of the back end stuff, like the production, the editing and whatnot. It's something you, you got to have a passion for. Otherwise the, the way I kind of is what the hell are you doing if you don't enjoy doing it? For me, the worst part mm-hmm. is the content. Mm-hmm. Just having time to sit and watch all of the content. Yeah. I mean, myself and Rick, we cover so much w- <laughs> WWE, yeah. New Japan, MLW, um, Impact Wrestling, yep. Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling. It, I mean, at one time last year, um, shortly after WrestleMania, yep. uh, we sat and we figured up that we talked about 27 different promotions it's crazy, over, the, over the course of a month. And it's just, it's finding time to watch all of that content. And now doing the sports show and doing the show that I do with Stevie Richards um, about the NFL, it almost doubles it, you know, Um, because watching all the pro wrestling that we watch and then trying to watch as much of, you know, eight different NFL games to 12 different NFL games, depending on what week it is. And then trying to watch as much NBA as I possibly can. I still can't bring myself to watch professional baseball on television, unless it's playoffs. Um, Hockey kind of gets thrown by the wayside as much as I absolutely love it. But thankfully the Blackhawks suck this year. (laughs) So uh, I don't have a whole lot of desire to watch (laughs) them. Uh, You know, it's just, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Uh, I'm right kind of there with you, especially now that I've uh, kind of branched off into uh, into HTM tech as well. That, uh, yeah, not so much with the HTM tech because there's not really a whole lot of, like, TV shows and stuff to watch. It's more kind of like doing research about the about the, the current uh, goings-on and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, with professional wrestling, it, it, it's... It's so hard because just there is so much that I've had to filter out, like Monday Night Raw, like SmackDown and that kind of stuff. And I don't know there's people that's out there that still want to hear about it, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, I don't mind talking about it. Just it's I just don't want to watch it because it's it's just it's <laughs> it's garbage. And, and yeah, go ahead. Here's what I did as yep. far as the WWE main roster stuff yep. goes. Yep. All right. And, and this is a little bit of a help for anybody doing a pro wrestling podcast yep. devoted to anything other than exclusively WWE, mm-hmm. right? You look at the pay-per-view card. Yep. You see what the matches are going to be at the pay-per-view. Yep. You watch those segments and those segments only. Yep. 
And suddenly, you know, you're watching an hour and a half of WWE over the course of the week because there's that much filler and other crap thrown onto the show. That's a good time saver tip. Uh, so, I mean, if you had to watch it all longhand, um, I wouldn't be able to there's do it. There's not time. No, there's, there's just not time. There's not, like 27 hours of American first-run content over the course of a week now. Right. Yeah, it, it's... And, and when we start talking about the the back end of what we do, you know, the, 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 the final production, doing the editing and whatnot, that's something that I know there's some people that, that don't like it and they outsource it to other people. For me, that's where I really, really enjoy, especially now that uh, I'm doing this on the uh, the Apple, the Mac platform. I have, you know, I use GarageBand for my editing. It, dude, it, it's, 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 it's a pleasure doing it. It's something that I know a lot of people don't like doing. I, I'm ready my element when I'm editing audio. It's very meditative. Yes. Yeah. And it's something that you either, I think you either love it or you hate it. And I love doing it. And uh, that's the thing that keeps me coming back. And having said that too, the one other thing too, and this is looking at recently something that where you kind of get to those moments of where I'm sure you get it sometimes too, where you're like, what the hell are we doing? Like, uh, where's the, the satisfaction? What's the, the kind of payoff for this? When we get somebody like Dusty Gold, and just when you look at like how we kind of met him and how he's kind of progressing to where he's going at now, when that kind of stuff happens and you have a small part to play in it, it makes it feel worthwhile. For me, it's it's crazy to think about. And a friend of mine said this to me the other day. Um, he, he's a big NFL fan, used to be a huge pro wrestling fan. Yep. Had, and he basically quit watching like around 2001, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I had sent him uh, the hitting the playoff show with Stevie Richards. Yep. And he says, you know, if I would have told you in 1997 when we were getting together to watch Raw and Nitro that you would be doing a podcast (laughs) with Stevie Richards about the NFL, you know, (laughs) number one, you would have asked me what in the hell is a podcast. Right. You know, um, but it's crazy because – and somebody said this to me not too long ago too, that in knowing Stevie, uh, my degree of separation between <laughs> Eric Bischoff, Vince Russo, and Paul Heyman is one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's insane yeah. to me. Right. Yeah. And, you know? and even in the course of us, you know, before we became, became an actual podcast, I mean, we, we get to talk to some really cool people too. And just getting to meet them outside of the progressing context as, as well. The, the one that I always like to, the two that I like to use are Bushwhacker Luke. Um, Cause usually Skype is the, uh, the, the, the way of contacting these people. And, and I mean, I, I've mentioned this before and I don't know if you've heard the story. I mean, literally like when we called up Bushwhacker Luke to talk to him, he answered the call and was literally lying on the couch in his underwear when we contacted him and it was, it was like one of the, the, the weirdest, but cool kind of moments ever. And uh, just, you know, and we just, we waited for, for him to get dressed and then we did, we, we did the interview. And the other one I like to talk about is, is Teddy long. And I, I literally called, uh, I was able to get Teddy's phone number. I forget exactly how that happened, but we got a hold of his number and I literally called him and he has like an answering service that comes on first. And then he literally picks up the phone like two seconds later and he goes, how you know, what can I do for you, playa? You know, Teddy is, is not a character anymore. Teddy is just Teddy. And he was one of those guys. I mean, at the time we were nobodies, but when we talked to him, like he still put us over as if we were been around for years. You know, it, yeah, and meeting guys like Cage and, and Jeff Jarrett, um, Jazzy. I mean, we, we've we've run into some great people, and 
sitting down and then and then after we stop recording too we sometimes the, the conversations continue nick aldis we talked to some of these guys and uh, and girls i mean and it's it's just getting to talk to them just on a personal level i mean uh pun intended here i, I mark it on a regular basis when that stuff happens yeah i mean i i had that conversation with stevie yeah. uh here a couple of weeks ago after we recorded an episode of hitting the playoffs it's like mm-hmm. you know every once in a while i just have to remind myself <laughs> I'm recording a podcast weekly with Stevie Richards. Right. Like how, how did this even happen? You know, um, do you have any like favorite stories from interviews that you've done or, or like the way that interviews got set up? I'll go with the way interviews have gone because the, the, I've had like, I've run the gamut of different ones. I've had ones that have gone fantastic and I've had ones that have gone really, really, really bad. Um, I'll get the, the kind of the worst one out of the way right, the, right off the hop. Uh, Smith Hart. When, when we called him and I literally, like the first question was just asking him how he was doing. And he let off with, I'm dying of brain cancer. And I was just like, oh boy. <laughs> you know? Where do you go from there? Right? So, and, um, and then we go from there to, I think probably one of my affairs was talking to Jeff, talking to, to Jeff Jarrett. We literally got him in his car after working out at the gym. And it was actually where he was. I think he was in Nashville at the time. And of course we're up here in Canada. It was snowing where he was at the time. And he was like, Oh, I was like, I guess since we were getting ready to talk to a couple of Canadian boys that it was going to snow here. And I mean, and people can say what they will about Jeff Jarrett. I know people are pretty, have a polarizing opinion on him. Dude is a complete gentleman and very accommodating and just the conversation was great. I mean, this was going back to probably like two or three years before he got into the WWE Hall of Fame. And at the time, I had mentioned as a topic, I was like, do you ever think that you're going to get into the WWE Hall of Fame? He's like, he's like, there's no chance. No, he's like, there's no chance. And I literally told him, I said, be patient. I said, given your career and what you've done in the business, you're going, it's going to happen. And I think it was probably one of the first people that actually kind of predicted it. And it, sure enough, it ended up happening. And uh, yeah, I mean, just it, it's it's one of the things where I still have to kind of like pinch myself and like, is this still reality that some of this stuff has happened? And you know, we, I, I, we've, we talked to Marty Gennetti. We literally got him. I think he's working the front desk at some hotel at the time. And, um, and I, I, <laughs> like, it, it's just like some of the people that we've talked to, like it, it's, it's, it's been just crazy, man. It, it's, uh, the, it's, it's professional wrestling and, and meeting these people. I mean, it's, you meet so many different kinds of personalities and just, oh, it's been fantastic. Jazzy was one that, uh, that we talked to. I mean, she is a sweetheart. When you look at her in the ring and then you talk to her in real life, I mean, uh, there's some similarities that you can see, but I mean, she is just one of those supremely nice people in wrestling. And I mean, the list kind of goes on and on. Um, I, I think my two favorite ones, um, yeah. I, I won't, I won't stooge off the talent on yeah. the first one because it, it, it would make her feel bad. <laughs> um, I actually had a professional wrestler. Yep request that I send them all of the questions that I was going to ask so that they could prepare their answers. (laughs) That actually happened to me once and the interview was horrible and I feel terrible about it. I've had that Uh, one too. Yeah. But my favorite one was Jay lethal. Jay lethal. Um, and it was just because of the way that it was set up because it it happened at the, uh, all in Starcast hotel. And Jay Lethal was downstairs where they have like this, this merch room where they was doing a lot of wrestler signings and whatnot. Yeah. And he had his stuff. And so he's got like a briefcase in like both hands and he comes walking up the stairs and he just freezes. 
Yeah. And I was, and I go walking up to him. I'm like, is everything okay, Jay? And he looks at me and he goes, how do I get out of here, man? (laughs) And I'm just like, um, which way are you trying to go? And he's like, I came in one door and I thought I was going out the same door, (laughs) but I don't know where that door is, man. Yeah. And it was oh, like just fantastic. the funniest damn thing. And about that time, everybody realized, oh my God, there's Jay Lethal. Yep. And he starts getting mobbed. And yeah. so we're, we're standing there talking a little bit later on. And I was like, you know, is there any way that, you know, we could get you set up for an interview sometime? And he's like, oh yeah, you know, all you got to do is, you know, just reach out to the Ring of Honor PR guy. And I was like, oh, you mean Mark? And he's like, oh, you know, Mark, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's, yeah. yeah, let's set it up. <laughs> Great dude. Yeah. Great dude. Another one of my favorites, um, probably the last one that I'll kind of mention here was, uh, was Cage. We talked to him uh, kind of in the midst of his Lucha Underground run. And I mean, and here's a guy that, you know, you have that kind of perception of somebody before you talk to them and then they, they completely like come out of left field. I mean, here's a guy that, uh, I mean, just perception wise, he's like this big, tough kind of dude. And then you talk to this guy. I don't know if you've ever talked to cage personally, but out of everybody that I've talked to, I don't think I've had anybody talk so fast ever. Like he's one of these guys where it's, he's like a motor mouth. Once you kind of wind him up, it's like it's it's nonstop, and uh, the uh, GMSI thing is definitely a thing with him. Even at the end, I was like, "Okay, bro." I was like, "So the interview's done." He's like, "So now you have an open platform to plug away." And he was like, "Okay," and he just like and he went off. It was it was fantastic, man. And uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, for me, that guy would have been Damian Priest. Yeah, uh, the now Damian Priest at the time he was yeah. known as Punishment Martinez. Um, what a voice and what a na- presence! What a voice and a presence that dude has. And one of the nicest guys that I have met inside yeah. of the world of professional wrestling. Yeah. But he is certainly even like you just get him on the phone yeah. and he is just intimidating because he has that voice. Right. Yeah. And it's just like yeah. you feel like genuinely scared. Like he's going to reach <laughs> through the computer screen yeah. and choke you or something. You know, Lance Archer was kind of that way, too. Hell of a nice guy. And then you see him over in Japan, and he's like scaring small children. Yeah. It's absolutely hell- hilarious. Shane Taylor would be like in, in that kind of same kind of breath. Yeah. It's just like he, I, I called Shane one day, and he's like sitting there hanging out with his kids, like he was sitting there playing patty cake and stuff. And then you know you start talking pro wrestling with him, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna murder that guy," yeah. <laughs> you know. Intimidating right. ones like uh, probably for for me Zandig from uh, CZW. CZW. We, we talked to him and just. You get this another one of those guys where they start talking and it's like, oh, it's like, okay, now I better be kind of on my game. Another one of the guys, very kind of intimidating uh, presence. All right, man. Well, I think that's a, yeah, Skype is, Um, Skype is uh, not our friend again in this episode. Oh, sorry. I, 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 when I sat down with Josh Woods, yes. uh, one of the few things that I couldn't find out about him was how old he was. Hmm. And so I asked him, I'm like, Josh, how old are you? And immediately he goes, old enough to party. <laughs> Fantastic. And I've called him McLovin ever McLovin. since then. Uh, I can see that. A guy being sensitive about telling his age, that's 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 unique. That's unique. Let alone a young guy. Right? Oh, man. All right, dude, I think that about wraps it up here. I know, uh, I mean, as we're recording, today is actually, to make reference to hitting the playoffs, today we're doing NFL playoffs, and I, I want to watch some of this too. My Kansas City Chiefs, I think, are going to the Super Bowl and just waiting to see what's going to happen on the other end. 
I think you're going to be very, very sad, and I think I'm going to be very, very sad too when my Green Bay <laughs> Packers get destroyed by the San Francisco 49ers. But I am picking the Tennessee Titans over the Kansas City Chiefs today. I would love to see the rematch of Super Bowl One, though, because, I mean, and that would almost kind of, getting the conspiracy territory, I think that that would almost kind of confirm that, uh, that uh, professional football is booked. Yep. And unfortunately, if that's the case, then I have to assume that the Kansas City Chiefs win because it's the big like <laughs> redemption story, a hundred right. years in the making, right? Yeah. Either that or do you book heels over strong? <laughs> we'll see that. I'd like to see that matchup though. I think it would, uh, just given that it's the hundredth year of the NFL, I mean, make it happen, guys, make it happen. Well, and you know, sadly, when Green Bay beat Kansas City earlier this year, it was one of the games when Mahomes was out. So that's true. That's true. I would like to see that game. We shall see. All right, man, before we go, uh, let us know where we can find you and uh, what it is that you have going outside of what we're doing right now. Um, you can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Find me Mondays in the locker room, hackerhameen.podbean.com, alongside my favorite Huckleberry RBV. Um, then Wednesdays, we're along for hitting the playoffs with myself and Big Stevie Cool, Stevie Richards. That's available both at Hameen Media and right here at the HTM Podcast Network, hittingthemarks.com. And then, of course, there's HTM Sports as well as the flagship, the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. My God, this week, me and Huckleberry, it was a two and a half hour marathon show <laughs> where we went all around the world of professional wrestling. It's just going to get crazier and crazier as we're on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah, of course, myself, you can you can find me on Facebook. But uh, like I've said in the episodes here recently, I'm not too active on there. So you can talk, try and talk to me. But I mean... Uh, if you want to have a normal conversation, I'll probably hit you up. But if you want to kind of be a little too Mark Tardish, I'll probably not talk to you. Um, and outside of Turnbuckle Talk, of course, I am one half of HTM Sports with Money Mike. And as I would mentioned earlier, we're going to have Mr. Rick Vickery on the episode. I'm actually we're going to record this today. It's going to come on Thursday. And we're going to talk about, about sex robots and sex technology. I have no idea where that's going to go, but I'm looking forward to, to talking to Rick with that one. So it's going to be interesting. It will certainly be that. And we're definitely going to discuss Cincinnati chili and I'm going to probably make his head explode. Um, I would just like to point out that you want to be sure to not mix your Cincinnati chili and your sex robot. <laughs> that is a uh, certain, uh, pathway to electrocution and uh looking right like ryusuke taguchi that would be the weirdest crossover i think of all time of crossing chili with sex robots that's that's like in professional wrestling when we had you and rick on to talk about undertaker versus joy ryan that would be just as absurd yeah i i'm pretty sure that they actually do like body shots at the uh, strip clubs in cincinnati <laughs> with uh cincinnati chili so uh you know nothing is out of the realm of possibility oh. for those people from the oh oh boy okay man i think we're getting enough with that and uh you know what i can do something a little bit different here since you're the guest on the show i'm gonna end let you end off with your tagline to send us out of here on that note we're off like a prom dress See ya! It's me, it's me! It's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially led up by the flagship show, Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run. Thank you.